We're going to do things just a little bit different tonight. Uh, ask you to pray for me. I've had that old crud and still got it. Can't hardly talk. I'm not sick as far as I know, so don't worry about that. I think it's probably just allergies. But uh, got that old where you can't breathe and can't talk and that kind of thing. So, like I said, we're going to do it a little bit different tonight, and I'm going to be as brief as possible. And for once, I'm going to keep my word on that. So you may get to go home a little early tonight. If you've got your Bibles, uh, go ahead and turn to 1 Timothy chapter number 2. 1 Timothy chapter number 2. I want to read just the first eight verses. And then we're going to talk a little bit tonight about uh, some of the basic essentials of Christian life and family, and that is prayer. 1 Timothy chapter number 2 beginning at verse 1 the Bible records these words I exhort therefore that first of all supplications, prayers intercessions and giving of thanks be made for all men for kings and for all that are in authority that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior who will then have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth for there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. Whereunto I am ordained a preacher and an apostle. I speak the truth in Christ and lie not, a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and verity. I will therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we have opened up your word and read it. And Father, you said your word is truth. And God, we pray that that truth would lodge in our hearts, that Father, we'd live it out in our lives, that others might uh, see, Lord, and uh, ultimately bring you glory and honor. Your word changes us. Prayer changes us. And Father, we desperately need that from you. In Jesus' name, amen. You've heard this story several times. I'm sure it's nothing new about the man who uh, he was real religious and uh, the rain started coming and he was there at his house and it started flooding around his house. And uh, he wasn't a bit worried though because he knew the Lord would answer his prayer. So he said, Lord, I need you to uh, save me. Well, the water kept rising and a, a boat come by to pick him up and said I'm here to rescue you he said oh no no God's going to save me and of course you know the man said uh, or the boat went on and the man prayed and said alright Lord I know you're going to save me you know and I'm just going to wait on you and finally a helicopter come by dropped down he said oh no I'm waiting on God to save me and then you know it went on and uh, then it wasn't too long later that um, uh, another boat come by and the man said the same thing. Floodwaters kept rising and finally consumed the man's house and he drowned and died. Well, the first thing when he gets to heaven, he goes to God and he said, wait a minute, what happened? I had faith. I believed you was going to help me and you didn't do nothing and I drowned. And God said, well, I sent by two boats and a helicopter and you wouldn't listen to either one of them. Right? 
oftentimes our prayer life is like that as well. Uh, a famous preacher, George Truitt, I don't know if you've ever heard of him, one of my heroes, he was the pastor of First Baptist Dallas for many years when it grew into a church that was like 20-some thousand uh, people. And just a famous preacher that was asked to come all over the country. And he went to a church one uh, to do a revival meeting. And one night of the revival meeting, there was a man brought to the church to their attention that there was a great need. It was a missionary that that church where he was preaching at supported, who was a, a medical missionary, and the church supported him on his mission. And he needed $5,000 for a piece of equipment so that he could do the mission that the church had sent him out there to do. And uh, So the leaders of that church asked George Truitt before he got up to preach if he would pray that God would meet that need. And George Truitt was a bold man and a wise man. And he said, no, I will not. He said, God has blessed these people in this church financially. I'm not going to pray anything until everybody in here tonight has emptied their pockets. Well, they thought he was joking at first, but he started reaching in his pocket and taking out his money, so they grabbed up the offering plate and started passing that thing around, and before they got done, they had over $20,000 to meet that $5,000 need, and then, and then only did George Truitt pray, and it was praying, giving God thanks for his people and how he had worked through his people. Uh, but Prayer is essential and it changes uh, things. But not only does it change things, it changes us. Um, I've had people since I've been in the ministry full time will come and they'll say, Preacher, such and such is going on. My baby's sick. Uh, my mama, my daddy, you know, different things. Will you pray for me? And, and they may even come to the church and ask the church to pray for them. And then as soon as God answers that prayer, poof, you don't see them anymore. And, and I submit to you tonight that a prayer that does not change us, even though it may change our circumstances, really has no lasting impact on our lives and how we influence others and even into eternity. You see, prayer first and foremost should change us even before it changes uh, our circumstances. Now, people pray, a lot of people... I've told you the story about uh, when I was in the Marines and I was dating that little old pretty girl and I'd been gone for a while and come back and found out she'd done found her another failure and boy, it broke my heart. And I prayed and lost, couldn't even talk to God. Uh, Lord, what's going on? Help me out here, you know. And of course that didn't happen and since that time she's been married about five times. Thank God for unanswered prayers. Amen. Uh, I was lost and couldn't even talk to him, and he's looking out for me. Uh, but prayer should first uh, change us. And we pray and we ask God to intervene in our lives study after study. People who are in the medical field uh, are well aware of this, that those who, who have medical issues and go into the hospital, and I'm not just speaking this because I want to believe it. Scientific studies have proven this that those that have people praying for them do generally much better in their uh, prognosis and in their recovery uh, than people who don't have uh, people praying for them. There's experiments that have, that have proven that over and over again. It's an awesome tool, and it unleashes the, 
the power of God. It brings healing for the sick, uh, mending uh, to relationships, a change in our circumstances, but even more importantly, a change in our lives. God may not always answer our prayers when we'd like or the way we'd like, but for the child of God, he always answers prayer. So how does it change our life? How do I pray in such a way as to change me? Well, I'm going to give you three quick reasons tonight, and then we're going to do a little homework. Uh, Number one, uh, first of all, first of all, look what Paul wrote when he said uh, to Timothy there when he was writing to him. I exhort, therefore, that first of all, oftentimes our prayer is not first of all, is it? Oftentimes it's after we've consulted the doctor, after we've consulted the mechanic, after we've consulted with the lawyers, whatever the case may be. But Paul said, first of all, because our tendency is to say, I can I can do all this by myself. And then when I get to the point that I can't do anything more myself, then I'll pray. Uh, when we pray, as a last resort, we're saying in a sense that we're still in control of our own lives and God's an afterthought and prayer ought to be the type of prayer that changes us and then changes our circumstances ought to be first of all. Uh, we saw that characters in the Bible, Saul in the Old Testament, he tried to do it his way. Jezebel tried to do it uh, her way. Peter, Samson, all of them tried to do it their way. You've heard the old saying that God helps those who help themselves. Well, that's nowhere in the Bible. I understand the principle when you read the book of Proverbs and you read all those principles in the Bible of you ought to work and you ought to do and you ought not be lazy and you ought to plan and all of those things, but God doesn't help those who help themselves. If that was the case, Samson would have never failed. God helps those who Uh, recognize and understand and acknowledge and admit that they can't do anything apart from Christ. Jesus said that, didn't he? He said, without me, you can do everything, right? No. He said, without me, you can do nothing. Absolutely nothing. Well, nothing, you can add a whole bunch to it, and you know what it still equals? A bunch of nothings equal nothing. So without God, without that going to him and depending on him in prayer first of all we can do nothing so how do I pray first of all it's got to be first but then we pray lifting up holy hands look what he says there in verse number 8 I will therefore that men people pray everywhere lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting Uh, lifting up holy hands well what are holy hands Well, there in verse number 8, he kind of describes it a little bit. Without wrath, without anger, without malice, and in faith, without doubt. So, with a clean life, a life full of faith, a life that depends on God, we lift up holy hands. Now, what does that word holy mean? Well, holy uh, literally means separated. Uh, Simply that. But looking at it in the context of of living a holy life, it means a separated life fully devoted to God that does not look like the world. Uh, 
a life where we take sin seriously, a life where we take service seriously, a life where we take devotion seriously, and we do that without anger, without malice, and without doubting. So, number one, first of all, but second, lifting up holy hands without wrath or without doubting. Um, one of the things I, I would say that in, in the house of God anyway, uh, that hinders prayer from being answered is unforgiveness and, and grudges and just a, a, in a sense uh, avoidance of people that we may or may not uh, feel kindly to. I, I think that's what Paul's talking about there with, with uh, when he's talking about wrath. Uh, we can't be angry and live angry lives and lift up holy hands uh, to God. But then lastly, in verses 1 through 4, I want to read you that whole passage. He says, after the first of all, we lift up holy hands, that supplications, prayers, intercession, and giving of thanks be made for all men, not some men, not most men. And then he goes on and he says, for kings and for all that are in authority that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior who will have all men to be saved and come unto the knowledge of the truth. Um, so we make intercessions, we make supplications, our request, we give thanks. And of course, you know, Paul over and over again said in all things, the good times, the bad times. And then he goes on and says, pray for the leaders, those that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness. You know the world that we're living in today goes exactly 100% against what Paul just wrote right there. I mean, protests and riots and all the different that you see going on throughout the world. And Paul said that we're to pray for those that are in authority. Why? Not so that we can get out there and protest and make fools out of ourselves, but so that we can lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. And that praying for all men but for the leaders those that are over us in authority is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior and then it goes on to say who will have all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth how in the world are they going to come to the knowledge of the truth well they're going to do it when we make supplications prayers intercessions when we give thanks in everything when we pray for all those in authority, when we live a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and in honesty, and then all those people that God wants to be saved because he would have that all men be saved and come unto the knowledge of the truth, they do that through looking at our lives and seeing that we're praying, making intercession, living peaceably, praying for our leaders, that we love each other without wrath and that we have faith in God. We don't do all of this in doubt. That's how prayer changes us. Um, I read a story about uh, a group in Korea that uh, it was a big church over there. And of course, most of you know that the church in Korea is growing uh, probably as fast as any church, even North Korea. 
Well, some Americans had went over there on a missionary uh, trip. And, of course, you know how Americans are. They're loud and boisterous. And they were going up to this uh, top of a mountain, and it was their habit to go up there and pray. And uh, hopefully you can dig around. There'll be a pen in one of the backs of the pew backs there if you got one, <laughs> a pencil or something. And they got on this bus. Of course, the Americans were all laughing and cutting up and joking with each other as they were taking this bus up to the top of the mountain. Uh, but those Koreans, as they got on the bus, they bowed their head and silently didn't speak to each other, just began to uh, pray under their breath. The Americans couldn't make them out what the, or make out what they were saying. And as they watched those people pray going up that mountain, uh, it wasn't long that it so affected those Americans that one by one they began to quietly stop making so, stop making so much noise uh, and began to pray silently themselves. And by the time they got up to the top of the mountain, you could have heard a pin drop in that bus. And one of the Americans asked one of the Koreans, well, why were you being so silent as you, you know, got on, you know, after everything was over? And this older Christ, uh, Korean Christian lady said, Sometimes in our prayer we talk too much and listen too little. And uh, I think that's, in a sense, kind of what Paul's talking about there, that quiet and peaceable life. Uh, prayer's not just a one-way thing. We ought to listen as well, and we listen through the Word of God. Uh, I've had people ask me, Keith, why in the world do you say God speaks to you every day? Because I open up my Bible every day and read that thing. And every single time I open up the Word of God, I hear the Word of God, and it speaks to me. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask everybody to move down to the front. We talked about just how essential prayer is. Uh, we're all family here tonight, so we can get close together. I ain't going to get up in nobody's face because I know you're scared I'll make you sick, even though I'm not sick. <clears throat> Here's what I'm going to ask each of us to do. We're family. If I were to ask you right now, we've got this prayer list and I'm going to read it. That's why I didn't start out with that tonight because we were going to come to this point. In the, we'll, we'll look over our prayer list. But in your personal life, if you were to say, Okay, top priority, one prayer that I'd like to see answered. One prayer, whatever that may be. Um, I'll go ahead and tell you, you know mine. I want to see my sister get saved and give her heart to the Lord. That's more, I'm fixing it right there on this piece of paper. But whatever that would look like in your life, it may be a physical need, it may be a spiritual need. Uh, just be thinking about that as we go over the prayer list. And... Uh, then write that down on that piece of paper. Um, most of you, or a lot of you know Heather Atkins, Heather Drone. She's going to be having surgery tomorrow, so I ask you to lift her up and pray for her. She's having her gall gallbladder removed. and Of course, remember Trey, he's, he left today going to Caswell, so he's feeling a lot better. And, 
Uh, just praise the Lord for that, that he's getting to go down there and at least be down there part of the week uh, with our students uh, that are down there. Charles Ramsey had a much better day today, so just ask you to continue to pray for Charles and Gene Cobb as well. Gene's not doing well, just getting weaker and weaker. They still don't know uh, about Charles. Uh, they did tell him he wasn't going to be able to live alone again. And, of course, that's going to take Charles a while to get used to and that kind of thing. Not that he has to be in a nursing home from now on, though, but he's just not going to be able to stay by himself in case he were to have one of them and not have somebody around. So uh, just ask you to pray for him. I want to give a, that praise report same as I did Sunday. And I don't know if I went in as much detail Sunday as I should, but uh, Renee went down there and had the, the gamma treatment. And then um, they did the scan on her again. I'm not exactly sure how they do that. But for the first time, those spots in her liver were smaller. So praise the Lord for that. She's just a walking miracle. Um, and I, I still say she's the only person I've ever seen that's took that much chemo, that much radiation, and all that she's took. And you really never even know that she's doing it. I mean, just um, it's like God's build up a protection uh, around her. Well, not like God has. I believe it's because she's uh, had so many people praying for her. Um, of course, we want to remember Vicki uh, in your prayers and Nicole and the rest of the family. They're having to make you know some arrangements and do uh, some things, but uh, they're getting everything done, so just ask you to pray uh, for them. And then, of course, remember Sue. She's getting ready to do this bone marrow transplant just ask you to pray for her. And uh, we've got others in our church that are, you know, just Kim and people that are dealing with long-term uh, sickness. And um, I just, I thank the Lord for Kim, though. What a blessing she's been to watch her, too, in the midst of a Job-like uh, tragedy, just one after another in her life. Uh, she wanted to be here for Vacation Bible School uh, to take part and she wanted to teach a class, and we kind of steered her, you know, to do something a little bit different because we was worried that it might be too much on her. But just think about that, that desire. And we need to continue to pray for her, pray for the lost in our community. we got this baptism coming up. Uh, pray for those young people that just gave their heart to the Lord. i got to meet with a little Weston because, uh, you know, during Bible school, Weston prayed, and now he's telling everybody, you know, he said he says he's going to be a preacher now, Chris. Praise the Lord. I said, yeah, I like that. He's telling all, of course, you know, they, yeah, yeah, he does. And uh, he uh, he's telling all of his cousins now they need to get saved. <laughs> I said, that's really one of the first signs that you really got it, that you tell other people. And I'm just proud of them. So we pray for those. Uh, pray for our students down at Caswell this week. They had some issues with the bus going down there. And, it's being worked on now, the brakes or something, so hopefully they'll get all that done and they'll be able to get back safe and uh, uh, just so many things to be thankful for, all the ministries that are going on here at Zion. And uh, I thank the Lord for each of you, those that are faithful to come on a Wednesday night, been at work, a lot of you, and, and still want to come and hear the Word of God, and I appreciate that. Everybody got something wrote down? Let me write. I got to write and been up here talking.
I can't disclose yet, but I got to meet with a man tomorrow that was here Sunday that uh, uh, sent me a message that uh, no, 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 Saturday at Clayton's uh, funeral that he had prayed to receive Christ when I led in a prayer of salvation. So uh, you pray for him and uh, pray that he'd make that public and of course then follow it up with service and baptism and, or baptism then service. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to give mine to Chris. And I want just everybody to take what the one you've written down. Well, it don't matter how you pass it. Just give it to somebody. Not husband and wife, though. Don't want to do husband and wife. We want to give it to somebody else. And then I need one from somebody. Well, I gave mine to Chris, so thank you. <laughs> Did everybody trade with somebody? Now, what's on this thing, I'm not going to tell to anybody, and I hope you're not going to tell anybody what's on the one you got. Uh, but here's what I want us to do. I want everybody to look at those, what that is. come to the altar oh John didn't get one I'm sorry um, now has everybody got some uh, one different now here's what I'm going to ask you to do uh, I'm going to ask each one of us not just tonight but we'll take this prayer request that we were given by somebody in here and you know who's got yours Chris you got mine okay so everybody, does everybody know who has yours? Well then, until that prayer is answered, it may be tomorrow, it may be 10 years from now, I don't know. Some of us may be going to heaven. But if we're still here, I'm going to ask you all that we agree to pray this prayer request until that thing is answered, whatever that may be. Um, so you're committing to a long-term thing tonight, but I believe that's what Paul was talking about there when he wrote to Timothy, that first of all, prayers, supplications, and requests be made for all men. Well, it starts with my brothers and sisters in Christ. So I'm going to ask everybody just where you are. We're going to take a few minutes, and we're going to pray over those on our prayer list, but we'll pray for those uh, Request now. I'm not, don't do that out loud because there may be things on there that that not is not meant to be public. And uh, for goodness' sake, this is between you and that person that gave you that. Uh, but um, uh, commit uh, to do that. I challenge you to do that because I think it's just very, very important. And and prayer, uh, we commit ourselves to God, uh, but in that. When Paul was saying do it for all men and for kings and those that are in authority, in a sense there's that commitment that we must do it to others, not just to God, but I have an obligation to Chris and to Junior, every single person in here uh, to pray for you. And uh, while 
you know, I can go and I can say, Lord, bless Charlie. I mean, that's a good prayer, I guess. But boy, ain't it sweeter when I can say, Charlie has this need, and she's made this need known to me. Lord, and then I explain to him what that need is. Uh, I think it, it just becomes more personal then. So I'm going to open this up. I ask you to pray with me uh, for the request that you've got, and then hang on to that thing, and we want to pray one for another. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we bow in your presence tonight realizing that first of all, prayer ought to be our first and number one priority, communication with the holy God that makes himself available to sinful man through the redemption that was bought at the cross of Calvary. And God, we're so thankful for that tonight. And Lord, I ask you to forgive us when our prayers and our supplications, our requests, and God, even our thanksgiving is not first of all, but it's somewhere down the list, uh, Lord, pushed out by the cares and concerns of this world, and Lord, even pride in our own abilities, our own strength. And, and Father, we ask you to forgive us of that when we fail and don't come to you first of all. And Lord, when we lean on our own understanding, uh, God, we ask you to forgive us. And help us, Father, that we'd simply acknowledge you in all of our ways. And God, trust you to direct our paths and answer those prayers. So God, we come tonight repenting uh, when that takes place. And Father, help us that God, we'd do it uh, better uh, each and every day of our lives. That you, uh, Lord, would be our power, our strength, our wisdom. And Father, even our direction uh, in this life. And God, knowing that and knowing you're, uh, just how great and mighty and awesome that you are, Father, we lift up every single name on our prayer list. God, especially those tonight that are battling cancer. Father, we lift up Trey. God, I'm so thankful that he was able to go down there and be with his friends tonight. Lord, as they gather uh, to worship tonight, Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would just show up in great power and demonstration of who you are and that God, Trey, would be uplifted. But Lord, all of those other students down there uh, would be uplifted by his presence and by the presence of your Spirit. Father, we lift up Renee to you tonight just so thankful that she continues, Lord, to fight the good fight. She's not giving up or giving in, but God, she's still telling people just how good you are. And then, Father, Sue's getting ready to have this uh, uh, transplant. And, uh, God, you know all that has to be right with her levels and her blood and all of that. So, Father, we just pray that you work all of that out. And then, God, that you work through this medical procedure. Uh, Lord, we're so thankful for the wisdom that you've given doctors and nurses and all the medical technology. But, God, we are well aware tonight that you and you alone are the great physician. So, God, we pray that you just speak what needs to be into Sue's body, that, Father, she'd be able to take this thing and it would be effective and that, God, it would do what it's uh, supposed to do. Uh, Lord, there's many in our church, Kim and others, uh, Charles and Jean, that are battling illness, and, Lord, some of them even just the effects of growing older. Uh, so, God, we just pray for your grace, your peace be upon them. And Father, just give them that comfort that only you can give. 
Most of all, Father, help them to know that this life is not the best there is. But God, you've bought us a place, paid for that thing by your death, burial, and resurrection. And that, Father, we've got something better to look forward to no matter where we are in this world today. God, we lift up Miss Vicky to you tonight. God, I pray that you just comfort her, give her strength, give her peace, and, Father, help her. Lord, just be able to put one foot in front of the other. And God, help her be able to make those decisions that she needs to make in the days ahead. And then, Lord, help us that we'd be there for her, that God would offer her a shoulder to cry on, uh, ear to listen, whatever she might need in the days ahead. God, work through your people, Lord, that we might be what she needs us uh, to be at this time. God, we love you. We thank you for those ministries that are going on in and through Zion Baptist Church. Our care ministries meeting right now. Father, I pray that you'd use them in a mighty way, those uh, places where our children are meeting. God, I ask that you'd just bless them. Father, help them to grow in knowledge of who you are and that they might come to know Jesus uh, as Savior. And then, God, as we've got these prayer requests that are written on these cards, uh, God, I just pray that you'd work in the hearts of those that are gathered here tonight, that, Father, uh, that request would be burned into our minds, into our hearts, and, Father, we would covenant one with another that we'll pray until we see that thing come to, come to fruition. And, God, we're well aware that sometimes the answer to prayer is a definite no. But God, just make that clear to us when that prayer is answered. And Father, we're going to praise you and thank you because your ways are above our ways. Your thoughts are above our thoughts. And then Father, just as your word has told us to do, God, we lift up those tonight that are in power, those that are in authority over us. Father, we pray for our president tonight. And God, I pray that you just touch him, Father, and draw him close to you. God, give him wisdom. Give him understanding. Father, I pray you give him compassion. Uh, and then God, use him in some way uh, for your glory and for your honor. Father, we pray for those 435 members of Congress. We pray for those 100 senators. God, we lift up their staffs to you tonight. Father, all the secretaries that are over each department of our federal government. God, we lift them up to you tonight. And Lord, those that are not saved, and Lord, by their actions, that's probably quite a few of them. God, we pray that you draw them to a place of repentance and a place of faith in Christ, that they be born again into the family of God and then depend on you, uh, Lord, for wisdom. We pray for our state leaders. God, we lift up our governor to you tonight. God, just pray for wisdom. We pray for health and uh, blessing upon him and his family. And then, God, we pray for the same for those in our state leadership, that by the power of your Holy Spirit, God, you draw them to a place of faith and repentance and use them for your glory. And then, God, we lift up those in our county, those in our city, Morganton, uh, that, God, you would work a great work uh, in the lives of those that are in leadership. And then, God, help us that while we would be civically minded, we'd take part, we'd vote, We'd even make our opinions known that God would most of all depend on you. And like Paul told us to do, we'd live quiet and peaceable lives in all godliness and, Father, honesty 
in everything that we do. Amen, Father, for me, and I'm sure on behalf of those that are gathered here tonight, help us, Lord, when we fail to do that. Forgive us, and God, give us the strength and the trust to go forward with one uh, foot in front of the other to do it better again tomorrow. We love you tonight, Lord. I thank you for each one that's gathered here. God, help each one of us. And then, Lord, I pray a simple prayer. We've got a piece of paper that we're holding on to tonight. Help us not to lose it until it's burned in our heart once again. We'll see that thing through. God, we love you tonight. Thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank you for saving an old wretch like me. And God, it's in his name that we make our plea, our petition. And Father, I wouldn't forget Thank you for how you've blessed this group of people that's gathered here tonight. God, you've been good to us. Far better than any of us deserve. And God, help us that even in the bad times, the good times, everywhere in between, that we'd give thanks in everything. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank y'all for being here tonight.